Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice, nice. Welcome to another edition of the Beer Garden, presented by Oxford Crystal. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, my good friend, Gabe DeArmond. He covers Missouri for PowerMizzou.com. It's part of the Rivals Network. Gabe is also a lifetime Kansas City Chiefs fan. Probably loves the Chiefs more than he loves anything outside of his family. Maybe more than his family. It's close. I don't know. He loves the Chiefs. He loves Patrick Mahomes. You'll hear that in the interview. Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers play in the Super Bowl on Sunday evening, the first time in Gabe's lifetime that the Chiefs are in the NFL's ultimate game. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his fandom. We talk some SEC basketball. Uh, We talk a little bit about Kobe Bryant. Not much, just a little at the end. So I think you'll enjoy uh, today's show. Before we get to it, let me tell you that we are brought to you by the Oxford Crystal. It's on uh, Howie 6 West, just next door to the Oxford Exxon, where you can get 10 crystals for $6, part, make it part of your uh, Super Bowl tailgate. You can also get the new Nashville Hot Chick, part of the Pick 5 for five fifty-five, And you can get Scrambler Breakfast Bowls if you want to get your uh, Saturday started that way. You want to get your Super Bowl Sunday started that way. It would be a great way to do it. Sausage, egg, cheese. All of everything that you could possibly want. And then again, the uh, $10, I'm sorry, the $6, 10 crystals for $6, all of that at the Oxford Crystal. We're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it, ask for Corey Clark, tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. It's real simple, right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done multiple times now, and that's get into a Clark Ford. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you, 662-257-1900. We're also brought to you by LB's Meat Market. 2008 University Avenue in Oxford, 662-259-2999 is the number. LBsMeatMarketOxford.com is the website. You can also check them out on Facebook. It's probably the best place to go get them at LB's Meat Market Oxford on Facebook. So I've been going to LB's for years now. It's my go-to place uh, for my birthday a couple weeks ago. Greg Jones at LB's, the people there, he hooked me up with a dry-aged, 20-day dry-aged tomahawk ribeye. Maybe the best thing I've ever eaten. Absolutely fantastic. You got to try some stuff like that. You got to make a special occasion even more special by going to LB's. They've got um, all the freshest cuts. i tell you one thing you can do if you're on a budget. Go in. Turn to the left, check out the freezer section. Sometimes the extra cuts, they he dry seals them, he puts them in the freezer. Got some pork chops that way. I got some burgers that way. Absolutely incredible. It's one of those deals where you go in there, you can 
it's all up to you. I love to browse. It has great fish, great pork, chicken, beef, of course, the stuffed jalapenos, the stuffed mushrooms. Everything's there at LB's. You should try it. Plate lunches as well. LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. We're also brought to you by Community Mortgage. It's located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, in Chattanooga. 30 years old this year. It's one of the oldest mortgage companies in the Southeast. All of the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis, so you're getting local underwriting that understands your market. It's also the leader in condo financing in the Oxford markets. Ask Jason Lowe about Community Mortgage's float-down option, which allows you to lock in the current rate, but if rates go down before you close, you get the lower rate. It's J-L-O, J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. And we're brought to you by Strategic Partners and Media. SPM is a full-service advertising agency, works with businesses of all types, big or small, Fortune 500 companies to startups. SPM can help your advertising needs for TV, radio, print, and every facet of local uh, social and digital media. Uh, they're really good. They're different than other ad firms. They handle everything in-house. They don't sub their workout. The writing, the production, the editing is done solely by their staff, created uniquely for their clients. And it's an Ole Miss grad and a Mississippian that's a partner in the firm. So give them a call and see how great they are. It's Austin at strategicpartnersmedia.com. Again, Austin at strategicpartnersmedia.com. So we're about to go to Gabe DeArmond on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. If you're coming into town this weekend, if you're in town, Rafters is a perfect place to go. They've got uh, Bluegrass Sunday Brunch, uh, $5 Famous Bloody Marys, $3 Mimosas. Brunch starts at 1045. And then, of course, Super Bowl on all of the screens there at Rafters. Uh, go in, tell them that you heard about Rafters on our family of podcasts, and uh, they'll take care of you. They're at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Now let's go to Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com, Rivals.com. I think you'll enjoy it. My good friend Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com, part of the Rivals Network. He is kind enough to spend some time with us today. Gabe, how are you, sir? I am uh, good. Trying to find a way to uh, occupy the next six days and three hours of my life. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. You've been you've been a Chiefs fan your entire life. Yeah. And here they are. This so you're this you were not around Super Bowl 3, is that correct? I was not. I was born in 1976. So, um the Chiefs were the first year they made the playoffs, I was 10. That lasted, you know, about three hours, and then I think the second time they made the playoffs, I was in high school. <laughs> so what's it like? The Chiefs uh, going it, going to the Super Bowl on Sunday. They play the 49ers in Miami. What's are you are you still basking in the glory of an AFC championship, or are you beginning to get nervous about Sunday? Hey, no, you know what? I think on Sunday morning I will be nervous about Sunday. But I, I think you understand this as a Cubs fan. Um, I, it, 
the best I can compare this to is when the Royals made the World Series in 2014. Now, the difference is I had seen that before. I mean, I was nine, but I remembered it. You know, it, it had happened, and, and I remembered it happening. Obviously, this has never happened, but the, the battle was getting there. I went to Game 7 of the 2014 World Series with my son, and he was devastated when they lost. Uh, and I actually walked out of that stadium, and I said, I'm good. Like, if this is the best it ever gets, I'm good, because all I ever wanted was them to be in the playoffs again. And not only were they in the playoffs, they obviously got well beyond that. And this, the battle was getting to the Super Bowl, and I'm sure on Sunday morning I will want them to win. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm going to be devastated if they don't. Now, part of that is, you know, our Lord and Savior now plays quarterback for my team, and you would like to think he will be back there at some point in time. But. <laughs> You know, Dan Marino fans felt that way in 1985 too. So I guess it's not guaranteed, but yeah, I, I'm gonna, it, it looks good. Yeah, I, I thought I would have thought the Cubs would have been back by now, and and not only yeah. they, not, now they're broke, they don't have any money. <laughs> right now, not only are they not back, there's really not a hope they're going to be back soon. <laughs> I mean, there's no money there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why people expect them to. Nobody goes to the games. Nobody stays at the hotel. Nobody buys stuff. I, I get it. I, I, poor owners, the rich. I just don't know how they're. God, I hope. Right. They, I hope they're able to cook dinner. <laughs> hope they're doing all right. Yeah, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Mahomes cat, man. I mean, I'm. I'm this stuff, not breaking news here. I won't make him a deity the way you just did, but he's got. A, he's got a chance on Sunday to become the face of the NFL. You know what? I actually think he already is because the only other guy that might be is Lamar Jackson and he lost earlier. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not becoming the face of the NFL. Um, you know, whichever Bosa plays for the 49ers is not going to be the face of the NFL. Right. I, I mean, it is Patrick Mahomes for, for better or for worse. Um, and this is, it, this kind of relates to, you know, the people that, that follow what I do, that listen to your podcasts, all that. We like to make these judgments on day one about, you know, uh, Great signing, terrible signing, great hiring, terrible hiring, whatever. I, there are tweets out there, which I have frequently retweeted, proving how upset I was that the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes while Deshaun Watson was on the board. Look, we don't know, right? I mean, we don't have any idea. And I mean, Thank God that I'm not a real Bears fan. I, th I think if you're a real Bears fan, this uh, is, you just can't even watch right now, can you? It, that I have some friends that are that are real Bears fans, and that franchise is never getting over that. I, I mean, it, no matter what happens, because there were three guys they could have taken, and the one they clear they took is clearly the worst. Now, that said, you know. It, Everybody, all the national media likes to do this. Oh, those nine teams that passed on Patrick Mahomes and all that. Well, actually, when the Chiefs drafted him, everybody said, "Why did they trade up to ten for this? He didn't. He he's never won. He throws a lot of interceptions. What's you know why Patrick Mahomes is good for the same? Now, don't get me wrong. He'd be good anywhere, but you know why he is what he is because he's in the right place with the right coach with the right talent around him. Tom Brady is not the the most physically talented quarterback in the history of the National Football League. But he was in the right place with the right coach. And so is Patrick Mahomes. Like, if Patrick Mahomes was in Chicago, I don't think he is what he is these first two years. 
And maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I, I think he's good, but I don't think he's what he is. I actually have said this a few times. I think if you're the Bears, you can forgive yourself for not taking Mahomes. The one that you can't forgive yourself yeah. for is is not taking Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know, th- th- he was the no brainer. Mahomes. Yes. Th- there were teams in the league that, that looked at Mahomes and said, "I don't know," you know, as proof by the fact that he fell some. Deshaun Watson was a no brainer. That he had a very high floor. If, if you were going to take a quarterback, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They overthought it. They had the second pick in the draft, and and if if you were going to do something like Trubisky, you should have traded down. Yeah, and and taking something else, and then had you taken Trubisky later, then maybe we would view it differently. Part of the problem for Trubisky, and it's not completely fair to him because he didn't ask for this, but is he's always compared to those two guys. It's not like he's just compared to a random quarterback. He's compared to what did Watson do? What did Mahomes do? And now Mahomes is about to win a Super Bowl, I think. And and and, and if if the Bears have. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and like the Chiefs fans hate Sammy Watkins right he's the fourth receiver on that team and they've been wanting to cut him all year and he just had 114 yards in the AFC title clinching touchdown like he's Patrick Mahomes fourth choice he would be Mitch Trubisky's top weapon okay so take me inside we played around on Twitter a little bit. Take me inside your thoughts. Twenty-four to nothing. Uh, tight was it? T- who led twenty-four to nothing? Texans. Texans. Texans are yeah. t- up twenty-four to nothing in the playoffs. And I know everybody was making the snarky <laughs> jokes and stuff, but my God, it had to be. I'll tell you what it reminded me of that, that game. We talk about the Cubs. I remember game four of the division series, Cubs and Giants. And uh, Johnny Cueto had shut the Cubs down in game one, and Baez had hit a home run to win the game, like one nothing or whatnot. And Cubs win game two, and then they let game three get away, and they're in the process of losing game four, and they're going to have to turn around and face Cueto in game five. And I thought, here's this year that we're the best team in baseball. We won the most games. Ownership finally spent money, the whole deal, and we're going to lose to F and Johnny Cueto. And I just, I, I couldn't. There was this feeling of dread that came over me. The Cubs came back and won that game in San Francisco, and you know the rest. But when it was twenty-four to nothing, and everybody was doing the snarky stuff, I was like, "Yeah, it's funny right now for a little bit." But for a Chiefs fan, no. this has to be maddening. Well, number one, I am not here for your. Uh insults of 2015 world series champion johnny cueto uh i I will i will not accept that um i'm a big fan of him (laughs) but no at 24 nothing and you've got to understand like chiefs fans i i truly think they might be the most tortured pro sports fan base in all of pro sports they're st louis basically they're st louis blues fans and there is some karma here if the blues and the the chiefs can win a title in the same year because basically they're not the cubs where like it, it, dude your hopes were done by july most years right they were just yeah. bad yeah it sure. wasn't like, i mean there was the one year there was the bartman year but for the most part like, they just sucked. It was the same as the Royals. There was no hope that they were going to win it. It was just like you showed up on, on at game two with the sign that said, wait till next year. Um, but the Chiefs have actually been really good. Like, throughout all of the 90s, they were really good. 
Um, then you know they they lost uh, they lost a game where they missed three field goals as the number one seed in the AFC divisional round. They lost a game where John Elway went the length of the field and beat them as the number one seed in the divisional round. Uh, they lost a game in which Peyton Manning and the Colts never punted in the playoffs. They lost a game they led thirty eight to ten in the playoffs. They lost a game in which the Steelers did not score a touchdown and beat them 18 to 16 in the playoffs. I mean, they've always been there. They've just they've always completely crapped the bed. And at 24 I said going into the Texans game, I was scared to death when the Titans beat the Ravens because I said this is now all set up for them, right? They they should go. They're the best team left. They should win two games and go to the Super Bowl, which means this is going to be the biggest kick in the nuts of Chiefs fans ever. And at 24 nothing, my son was actually over on a, uh, a college trip in London, and I had texted him to ask if, if he could watch the game, and he said he, had, he was streaming it. And so at 24 nothing, I messaged him, and I said, well, at least you can turn it off and go have fun now. Uh, like it's over you know there's no stress I, I mean there's no stress now the one thing I did get a text from a friend and he said if this is Alex Smith you turn this game off because it's Mahomes you keep watching and I told my wife I, I looked at 24 nothing. there was 10-01 left in the second quarter and I said the only good thing is they've been so bad that there's so much time left like he's going to score 24 points I just didn't have any faith that the defense would actually shut down the Texans and and once they won that game, like, I wasn't even worried about Tennessee. Teams that win that game, they go on and, and do things. Yeah, I'm with you. Once they won it, I thought they're dangerous. They're, they've, mm-hmm. They have survived the bullet. The, the, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the NCAA tournament. Like, every team that wins it, they, they like, hit a buzzer beater to beat a 12 seed in round one, right? There's one day where they're not great and they still win. Every team that wins the title has that day, and the, the Chiefs had that day. And I, I wasn't worried about the Titans. And I, like San Francisco's good, but not, you know, I'm not. I, I think they're going to win. I do too. I think they're going to win, and I'm going to prepare you for something when they win. Because I think part of it's what's interesting about Chiefs fans. I can kind of relate to you guys. By the way, the uniform the Chiefs are wearing is just fire. I, that oh, I haven't seen it. It's yeah. well, it's 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 just the red top and the white pant. But the way the Super Bowl okay. logo looks on it, it it's it's. I, it's really, I, I I may have it may have spent some money on AFC Championship gear yesterday for the family. By the way, I understand. No, you have to. Here's what, was, here's what I'm going to tell you though. Prepare yourself for this. There's a lot of Chiefs fans that. I've noticed on the internet that that you all um, you all almost like to revel in your oh god here we go again it's going to be taken away from us at the last minute right if you win a Super Bowl that goes away right what I said that when the Cubs won one I said what are Cubs fans now like what's your identity you've won I know and it's different. It's different than what it used to be. There's not, there's not the level. Every time you lose, you don't turn around and play the Eddie, Eddie Vedder song and kind of tear up a little right. and think maybe one day it'll it'll go all the way. No, we did. We won it. But but see, here's here's the difference in the Cubs and the Chiefs. If that Cubs team had had Cy Young starting pitching and Babe Ruth batting cleanup. Like they would have gone back. And and this is not taking the Lord's name in vain, but we have Jesus Christ playing quarterback, Neil. <laughs> like 
you know, he does. He does completely change the equation for for the Chiefs. Oh, everything because you win it and you immediately, really, whether they win it or not, you're the favorite to go back as the AFC champ next year. I mean, there are he. Well, here's the problem. He is going to sign a new contract after this year. Um, I mean, he's got, I think, maybe one year left on his rookie deal, but they're going to redo it. And they're basically going to go to him. And I think Lee Steinberg, I, I think that's his agent, but they're basically going to say, what do you want? I, I, I mean, it is going to be the biggest contract in pro football history. Yeah. It is going to be part ownership of Oklahoma Joe's. It is going to be throwing out the first pitch at every Royals game. He can be the mayor if he wants. If that's part of his contract, they will give that to him. Yeah, there won't be a lot of so, negotiation. I mean, it's. Oh, oh no. The, this is. <laughs> negotiation is the wrong word. It's asking. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? Yeah. Right. But the point in that is, like, you know what? New England's been great because Tom Brady has done this thing where he's like, I know I could make 90 million, but I'll take 80 million so you can pay Rob Gronkowski and so you can grab this guy off the scrap heap and, and all that. So the key is going to be like, I want to think he seems like a guy who is going to do that. But by the same token, he's got an agent. And, you know, the NFLPA is not going to want Patrick Mahomes signing a below-market deal by any means. It's the most under misunderstood part of, of negotiations and stuff with contracts that fans don't get. And I, I wouldn't get it if I weren't in the media and didn't have friends in, in the agent world and didn't understand some of the NFLPA, MLBPA, the NBA Players Association. They're... The pressure from your peers to get as yeah. much as humanly possible is overwhelming. I mean, I want to say, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but Jared Goff signed a deal for something like $35 million a year. I mean, if he's worth that, what is Mahomes going to get? I mean, whatever the salary cap is, basically they have to have 52 other players, right? So 52 players times the league minimum, subtract that from the salary cap, and that's what Mahomes deserves. Now, he won't get that, but you get the point. Yeah. So give me your – I mean, I'm not asking you to be um, X and O's John Gruden here, but give me the right. – what, what are you watching for on Sunday once you get past the, oh, my God, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl? Right. I look at this kind of the way I looked at the Titans game. The 49ers are better than the Titans. But going into that game, everybody said, oh, Derrick Henry, keep the ball away from Mahomes. And going into that game, I said, they can't score enough. I don't care how many yards Derrick Henry has. If the Chiefs offense plays well, they can't score enough to, to win. And that's what happened. The Chiefs offense was – the Titans had a nine-minute drive in the first half, led time of possession 19-11, to 11, and they were losing because the Chiefs don't need the ball very long to win. They just throw four passes and they're ahead. So I look at the – Jimmy Garoppolo cannot throw eight passes and beat the Chiefs. They're going to have to score 30 points to win the game at a minimum. I, I mean, unless the Chiefs play – I mean, they have basically, against playoff teams, taken a quarter completely off in both games and won both games easily. Uh, you know, been kneeling on it with, with two minutes left. So I, he's going to have to go show he can throw the football and they're going to have to score more than 30 to win. And I, I don't know if they can – like, I literally have not watched the 49ers until the NFC title game. I know nothing about them. I just know – They're an elite. If, it, it becomes, 
they're, they're an elite defensive team that can do enough on offense to uh, to make to make that defense work. Garoppolo has been very solid. He hasn't been anything resembling a Mahomes or anything like that. They've, right. they've run the ball well. They've uh, they've they've been able to put together timely drives. They're good up front and, and defensively. They're they're very good. Yeah, they're great defensively. Um, the Patriots were great defensively, and the Chiefs beat them. The Vikings were very good defensively, and the Chiefs beat them with a backup quarterback. Um, I think I think really more than Mahomes, this is Andy Reid's day, where he like cements the I'm one of the five best coaches in the history of pro football, and I'm in the Hall of Fame, and he wins his ring because he just he finds something that works against that defense. All right, let's transition a little bit. SEC basketball, I think it's safe to say that the team you cover and the team that I cover are not going to be winning championships. Uh, uh, Not even in what is a bad league. Why? Okay, so let's go there. Why is the league so bad? Why did people like you and me and others think the league was going to be really good and in reality it's not very good? Well, I I think – the way we assess conferences is weird. Um, what you want to see is balance, right? You want to see a bunch of teams that are pretty even. But the only way we say a league's good is if you see a bunch of teams that are pretty even, but then two of them are that are elite. This, this league has no elite teams. It has, I don't know, seven or eight like pretty good teams. But the eighth-place team could beat the first-place team. Like Auburn people thought was elite but they hadn't played anybody they're okay i mean they're good they're gonna make the tournament but i don't think they're great kentucky might be great in march but they're not great now florida's certainly not great uh there's there's no great team in this league i mean i I think if the ncaa tournament started today i'm not sure that the sec would have a top four seed yeah i was looking at it i guess over the weekend uh, auburn's in the tournament LSU's in the tournament. Kentucky's in the tournament. Florida's most likely in the tournament. Florida acts like a tournament team, but you're right, not a top four seed. Arkansas and Alabama are... You know they got a shot. I actually like Alabama. I think they're going to get hot. I think I think they're going to end up being a, a really good team. I don't know. I, I think Alabama is going to be a really good regular season team that all of a sudden gets in the tournament and figures out you've got to you can't just win every game eighty eight to eighty six because one day your jump shot's going to desert you and you're going to get beat by an eleven seed. That's what I don't like about Arkansas is they're so dependent on shooting. They they can't make anything happen at the rim. Um, Joe's a really good player. Uh, the, the Witt kid's a good player and a good story because he came back after he left and he's come back and played well, all that stuff. But they don't they don't strike me as a team that if if they happen to get to the tournament that can do any damage at all. But like, no, I think if they get in, it's a, a great year. Like at the very bottom, Vanderbilt sucks. They yeah. suck. And then you've got these teams like Georgia and Ole Miss and Missouri and Texas A and M that. Eh, but all of they're those, bad. they're all bad. Yeah, but all of those teams. If I told you, hey, Missouri, like Missouri beat Florida. If I yeah. told if I told you that Ole Miss beats Auburn or or that you know Ole Miss beats LSU or that Missouri were to beat LSU, nobody's just stunned because there's no great team. And and Kentucky's a really good right. team and they've got some talent. But you don't watch Kentucky and go, oh boy, that those guys could win a title. You, they, they don't no. look they don't look like that sort of a team. I, you know what, though, Neil? I don't watch college basketball this year and see a team that I say that team could win a title. I, I don't 
who are the good team? I, Baylor's good. That's but. more than fair. I I I, I don't know. I, I watch. I watched an Iowa Michigan State game. Maybe is who it was. Yeah. That you can tell that I, I was really into it because I can't remember who who was playing. Right. It was okay. I watched some yeah. of uh, it was it was uh, Seton Hall and somebody the other day. I was at the gym and they were playing, and I kind of looked at it. And it was all right. I, the product is I, maybe it's always been this way. I, I honestly believe that if if college basketball didn't have the tournament and all the brackets and all the stuff that makes people get interested in it for a month, I, I think the sport would become super fringe fast. Yeah. I- We talked on our podcast a couple weeks ago. Here are the two things that I like. Here's how I would fix college basketball. First of all, I'd shorten the season. Uh, All these games that get played between November and New Year's Day, like you've got your tournament that, you know, you've got your Maui and your Champions Classic and all that. Those are fun games. Those are cool. People pay attention to them. But mostly you've got 13 13 non-conference games, and eight of those games are against teams nobody could name a player off of. I mean, I go to games, and I just post on our message board, I don't know a single thing about this team Missouri's playing, and I'm not going to try to find out. Like. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know one player on their team. I might know their mascot. That's about it. I I don't care. They're awful games. Uh, So just to limit it, like we like to talk about how SEC football teams have this sacrificial weekend playing the Citadel every week, right? But it's not a quarter of the schedule. You know, it's just, it's awful. People are in football mode until at least New Year's Day. So, Start the season like December 15th. Give every team two or three tune-ups, and then you start conference play, and here you go. Um, Also, put the regular season champion in the NCAA tournament because the regular season doesn't mean anything in college basketball. I mean, the reason college football is successful is – a, there's only 12 games, but B, like every single time your team plays, your season is on the line. Even if it's, even if you're playing Southwest Louisiana, I don't know, I don't even know if that's a school. That's, but if it is, not Louisiana Lafayette. Okay, if you're playing them, like theoretically you should beat them, but you could lose to them and it could derail your season. In college basketball, you can lose 10 times and it doesn't matter. All you have to do is win two-thirds of your games, finish 500 in a major conference, and then people start paying attention the second week in March when the actual season starts. If the regular season champion has an automatic bid to the tournament, I think what they should do, all 30 however many conferences there are, every regular season champion gets a bid. Every tournament, every conference tournament champion gets a bid. And then however many spots are left over, you get that many at-large teams in any given year. Now, obviously, there's going to be some of those leagues where that team is the same team. If Gonzaga wins the regular season championship and the conference tournament, then that just opened up an at-large spot. You're going to have, some years you're going to have 10 at-large spots, some years you're going to have 25. Uh, But it would make people care about the regular season, and people don't care about it. I hate to give Clay Travis credit for something, but he he did make a good point on Twitter the other day about the whole Big 12 SEC challenge. Why don't we set up – because I hate, I hate the, like, Missouri bowling – who does Missouri play that's, like, just 
Missouri State or something. Uh, I mean, they played they played Chicago State. They beat them ninety one to thirty three. Why can't we take the basketball idea of the Big Twelve SEC Challenge and make it a football weekend? Wouldn't that be cool? It would be, but there's no incentive to do that in football. Um, yeah, screw that. I want to do incentive is it would entertain me. No, I agree. And I've said, like, the goal of this, there's no incentive for Alabama to do that, right? Because that might cost Alabama a chance to win a national title. But 90% of the teams in the country, Ole Miss is not winning a national title. Missouri's not winning a national title. So what should it be about? It should be about entertaining the people who pay for it. So rather than Missouri playing Missouri State and whatever god awful football non conference schedule they play. Here's the here's the best. Give me three three games against teams like they don't even have to be great. Give me Illinois, Kansas State, and Notre Dame. Here's here's the cool. idea. Here's the idea. You would even be able to make it a make made for TV thing. You'd put the how many teams are in the Big Twelve now? It's like eight, seven, ten, ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have to work something out, but you could put the Big 12 teams in a hat and the SEC teams in a hat and make it a random drawing, and it would yeah. be this TV event. Like, you could do the drawing in June and and set it up and play it the third week of September. And you would own every network. Everybody right? would watch it and everybody would well, talk about it because... Well, Virginia Tech is out here playing William and & Mary and Clemson's playing... You know, whoever they play, I yeah. mean, you would have actual games people cared about. Yeah, I mean, you might get, you know, I don't know, Auburn, Oklahoma State. Is that super yeah. exciting? I don't know. I'd watch. Uh, but it's better than Auburn, Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, Missouri, Kansas State is a lot better than Missouri versus Missouri State. Right. Hundred percent. I'd be in, you know, and you get that random matchup where it drew up right, where everybody would say, "Oh, the fix was in." You know, you get Georgia, Texas, or Georgia, Oklahoma, or Alabama, Oklahoma, or whatever, and everybody would, "Oh, it was fixed," and we'd never know. And they'd have all these conspiracy theories about whether the envelope was frozen or whatnot. I mean, when the person picked, right. you'd you'd make it more fun than what it is now. That's that's. But and still, though, as stupid as college football is, college basketball is far worse. Yeah, like they're just. It, it, Unless you are a diehard, like I grew up, college basketball was my favorite sport. I would watch games every night of the week. I have not watched a college basketball game I haven't covered this year. I just don't care. The the best players are stopping by for four months, um, you know, because they have to. Uh, they're, they're all going to the same seven schools every year. And the season doesn't matter until mid-March. Uh, why do I want to invest my time? Like I've tried to watch some of these games, and I end up like turning on the Office reruns because I'd rather watch it. I have to force myself to watch when I'm in the arena. Oh, I spent the entire first half of Missouri's game against Texas A&M breaking down the video of the fight between KU and K State. So yeah, I don't necessarily watch just because I go, but I am physically present. <laughs> that was one hell of a fight, by the way. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, like I was looking around for the Iron Sheik. <laughs> if D'Souza, who, I mean, the, the heroes who stopped that stool from being actually swung. I mean, I asked some people, like, what do you think his endgame was? When he grabs that stool, what's, what, what's, his, what's his endgame? He was gonna I'm going to hit somebody with he this? Was, he was going to clock somebody with it. Oh, God. He, because people physically reached up and, and physically stopped it. 
It was. I mean, we needed thirty for thirty on that fight. There were two or three heroes, I like the, the old man and the KU polo, who was like, I, he kind of panics and he's like, no, no, and he's grabbing the leg of the stool. Yeah. He's kind of a hero, man, because that that thing could have gone, could have gone further south. My fa- I looked at, I looked extensively at the photos of that, and like you can see some random kids in like the third row that clearly this is the best thing they've ever witnessed in their <laughs> life, and they're just completely giddy. And then there's the poor girl who fell down right in front of D'Souza and looks like she's pretty convinced she's going to die. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's I mean it's sad. It's the best thing that's happened in college basketball this year. She, I'm glad she wasn't hurt. Obviously, it it right. was only someone like her getting hurt away from that turning into a. Well, and I mean, it was in it spilled over into the handicap fan section. Yeah, people that, mean, people that were not prepared to defend themselves. Of course, you don't go to a basketball game thinking, you know, I probably need to be prepared right. to fight. My, I mean, my favorite uh, things that came out of that were all the people that saying, well, Snoop and stripper poles are now only the second most embarrassing thing to happen in Allen Fieldhouse this year. So, are you going to uh, are you are you going to go to Nashville for the tournament? Uh, someone from our site will. It will not be me. Um, we, we we thought that we would maybe not be there on Wednesday this year, but it's starting to look like we might be there. On, and, and honestly, like I, I'll be honest, we've talked a lot about this just privately. I'm not sure why I'm going to spend the money to send somebody there. I mean, it's you know, it's a six-hour drive. It's a night hotel minimum, probably two for. What's the upside? You lose in the quarterfinals. Well, okay. In the event that that you decide that you want someone to do it for you, we can we can make something happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go because it's it's my anticipation is that unless Ole Miss really turns it around, now they looked a lot better against Georgia the other day, but in, unless they really turn it around, there's going to be a, a good bit of attrition off this team, and it might be my last opportunity to ask some guys what do you, what's what do you think is going to happen, and what do you want to happen, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So I, I will, and it, of course, it's and also Nashville's a much shorter drive for me. It's just four, right. four hours. So. And I mean, hot chicken, and you know, it's worth it. Hot chicks, you said? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, dude, come on. <laughs> I meant hot. I said hot chicken. I mean, I, I've been dealing. Chicks. I've been dealing with uh, with groupies for years now, so it, it's. <laughs> All right, last last thing. Why did this Kobe Bryant thing impact us the way that it did? Not just you and me, but everybody. Okay, see, I'm I'm probably a little different here. Um, I'm, I'm not an NBA fan. Um, I don't, you know, like I I would pay it when Kobe was playing, when Jordan was playing. I mean, I would watch a little bit. I would watch some of the playoffs. I don't watch any of it now, even the finals, um, because it just doesn't really appeal to me. I, I actually said to my wife last night, so this is a, cause I'm the, the sports media member and all that. And I said to her last night, I said, I feel like people are kind of making too much of this. Like this wasn't a world dignitary. I mean, I get that he's famous and, and to me, the most tragic part is clearly the 13 year old girl and all that. Um, but you know, she said he was, really famous and really popular like it's it's kind of weird to me how people react to celebrity deaths um i look it's shocking i mean when i found out it was kind of like a wait what you know but it always strikes me the people that are more affected by it because i just think i don't know like i didn't know him like yeah it sucks it's crazy but like it, it didn't you know it doesn't 
I, I don't know. It didn't hit me emotionally or anything. And I think I'm diff- I think it did a lot of people, and I'm not saying that that's you, wrong. It just didn't hit me that way. I'll tell you what I remembered this morning was I coached a 11- uh, and 12-year-old baseball team back in the spring last spring early summer and you know we would do the bp thing that you always tell yourself you're not going to do as a coach you end up doing it because it's kind of the only way and at the end of each hitter you know you gather up the balls you throw them in the bucket and the next kid gets to hit and the process of putting the baseballs into the bucket would always take longer because the kids wanted to basketball shoot them and you would always hear the same thing kobe Kobe, Kobe, and I never knew that was like a real thing, but with that generation, that's a thing, and then with the players that are the current NBA players, he was, as Brad Stevens said yesterday, he was, he was their Jordan. He, right, and, and I get it. I, I understand why it impacted all those people and, and all that. Um, I, I, I had a little bit of a – and look, I, I feel no need to tweet any of this. Like all I did was retweet things. Like it, the internet has made everything so much worse from media thinking they have to be the first to report whether his daughter was on the plane or not and being wrong about it to everyone on every message board thinking my opinion about this matters. It doesn't. Um, you know, but I, I think we had the discussion a lot around the Paterno stuff of we've got to quit building statues of people when they're alive, right? Um, I think maybe, too, this every team should retire 24 and we should name trophies after Kobe and this and that. I mean, I don't know. Let's hold off 24 hours on that because the, the best stuff that I saw yesterday said two things can be true. He was an icon and a phenomenal basketball player who impacted a lot of people and seemed to have things going really well in his life. But let's not ignore the fact that there's a complicated legacy there too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. It's it's the you know the Washington Post reporter that that is ultimately going to be fired, I think for being what are right. the, what the kids yeah. say woke. Um you know, I th- I think she's going to get terminated. I do, and they're going to use the technicality to get her. But and, and, and let's let's tie back to what we started talking about. I mean, my my team that I desperately want to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. I wish Tyreek Hill wasn't on that team, right? I wish he wasn't as good as he is. Um, Aroldis Chapman was on the team that you cheered for. Yep, that won a world championship, yep. and. <laughs> There is, and so, and in hindsight, so was Addison Russell, right? And it, like, look, in those three hours on Sunday, I like maybe I should be ashamed to admit it. I'm not going to be thinking about what Tyreek Hill did to that woman in college. No, like afterwards, before, afterwards, all that. I, I wish he wasn't on the team. I wish he didn't make as big a difference as he does, but he does. And so, in the Kobe thing, like, it's just games, man. Like, uh, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of room, and I don't know why it's that important to us, but it is. Like, I'm, if Tyreek Hill scores the game-winning touchdown on Sunday, I'm going to be really happy. Yeah, you'd prefer um, it be Mahomes. And then at yeah, some point sure. on Monday morning, I'm going to be like, man, I wish it would have been somebody else. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing yeah. about Monday morning is you're going to get up and – it's going to be something to write. And, and, and my life's not going to be any different. No. If the Chiefs win or lose that game, my life is it. And, and see, that's the difference. I've said a lot. Like, I still get really excited about the wins. But, like, teams that I cheer for, when they lose, it doesn't wreck my day. And Ten minutes later, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, it, even at 24 nothing against the Texans, I was like, 
and this kind of sucks, but you know, whatever. What? Why was it going to make my life better if they won the next three games? You were just going to head to the grocery store and have a couple of beers like you do. And, and <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then life was going to go on, man. I was going to be writing about. I was going to be following seventeen-year-old boys on Twitter, and, and everything was going to be exactly the same. I know. Yeah. Saturday morning, I'm out at stalking the hotel where the official visitors were staying, and there's just no other word for it. I mean, they, you know, it, it, you're like this. Oh yeah, no. This I refuse. It can get. I just keep telling myself in those moments it can get no worse. It, 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 <laughs> this is this is rock bottom right here. <laughs> but, but Neil, eventually that kid might win Ole Miss an SEC title, and you will be completely validated as a human being. <laughs> yeah, and he'll he'll be like, "Hey, you are you that you're that creepy dude that was out stalking me, right? <laughs> you're that guy that I called the maid about and was like, yeah. there's some." Dude with his sleeveless t-shirt and flip-flops on just hanging outside my room for the last 12 hours. He won't leave. I'm scared. (laughs) In fact, I signed with Florida just because I was scared of that guy. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how old he was, but like, he doesn't have any hair. Yeah. He had to be 90. (laughs) All right, Gabe. Thanks so much for the time, man. Talk to you soon. Good luck to your Chiefs. All right, Neil. Have a good one. Our thanks to Gabe DeArmond for his time today on the Beer Garden. Our thanks to all the people at Oxford Crystal for making this podcast happen. Hope, hoping to be back with another Beer Garden later this week, working on a couple of things. I don't want to overpromise, so uh, for now we'll leave it at that. Again, thanks to Gabe. Thanks to you all for listening. Really appreciate you being a part of the MPW Digital uh, family of podcasts. Until next time, take care.